welcome to a sunny St Mary's, welcome to fourth place in the Premier League, welcome to From the Rookery End, uh, this is Mike, with me is Colin fresh off um, the stage with John Barnes, I was going to say that might have been the highlight of the weekend, but it's not. No, it certainly is not. No. And also with me is Kieran. I did see Colin on stage and it was very close to being the highlight, but top today. So, KT, let's start with you, what did you think of that? Superb, wasn't it? I think, you, I thought Bournemouth was good, I thought today was better, there were times today where we made Southampton look very very silly uh, they are obviously the home team they should be really up for this one but I think the ironic cheers from their supporters when they had a shot in what the 92nd 93rd minute I think it was their first and only shot on target pretty much said everything about the performance today superb from Watford I, I can't Colin said he felt a bit dazed as we were walking over to record this is absolutely right I, I can't quite believe how well we've played today to top Bournemouth was good this was better what amazed me in the first half was that we really did look like the home side we were pressing the ball, we had more possession, we were totally controlling where the ball was going, the tempo of the game, and Southampton looked lost. I mean, we were making them rush, and that's why they were making so many mistakes. There were misplaced passes, they were kicking it out, just hoofing it away to get it out you know, from the danger areas, and I thought our midfield was just unbelievable again. And we haven't had a midfield that likes the ball in tight spaces for a long time, and they're calling for the ball, they're all calling for it, even when they're being marked closely, and I think that, that's something that just, yeah, that makes me quite proud. Group of players that just look, they just to me look, like you say, comfortable on the ball, they wanted the ball, and then when they got it, they had an idea of what to do with it. And like you say, we made them look like the, like the away team. And what I really loved about that first half performance in particular is we had, that we had a terrific first 20, 25 minutes when we were really, really making serious inroads into, into their defence. We were, we were the ones asking all the questions. But then they came back into it a little bit. I think we looked a little bit disorganised for, for five or ten minutes or so. I think it's probably doing us a bit of a disservice because the level of performance just dropped off a little bit. But we stuck in the game. We, hand, we, we, we saw that sort of five, ten minute period through. Then we got the goal. And I, I really don't think we looked back from there, did we? No, we didn't. But you know what? I'm going to take the mic off of you because <laughs> I should be... I present my own podcast. You do a lot of the talking. So I'm actually going to ask you. Obviously, you didn't make the Bournemouth game, Mike. What was the key thing you saw today in an away performance compared to maybe what we saw last year? I, th- I just think, as Colin, I think Collins hit the absolute nail on the head with wanting the ball and then just keeping it moving. I thought Chalabar was, he reminded me of Kapoor away at Arsenal in the league last year. He, he got the ball and everything was going through him. He was looking for a kill, almost a killer ball every time he had the ball. And I think he was guilty of getting a little bit overexcited sometimes and, and, and overhit it a little bit. But I, th- I thought Chalabar today was absolutely extraordinary. He was looking to... He was just looking to pick Premier League passes. And you can see Andre Gray is sort of licking his lips and it didn't quite go for him today. But any, any Premier League striker would have been would be desperate to play with a player like him. I thought he was he was absolutely fabulous and backed up by by Decoure as well doing the doing the hard stuff. And and the defensive line was, was good as well. It just looked solid. I thought uh, Firmino was, was good until he had to go off. Um, they dealt with what little Southampton did just really efficiently and really sensibly. And they never we never got ourselves ruffled, did we? We just looked in complete control. I thought it's I just from from one to eleven. I know it's not one to eleven ever again, but I just thought you know there's no one you couldn't you couldn't point the finger at anyone and say you didn't have at least a seven out of ten game. Um, and even Carrillo, who I thought was probably one of the more quiet Watford players, when he had to do something, there was a little little trick mm. and off he was away. It was great. It was just what an absolute. It was a privilege to be there. It was wonderful stuff. Colin, we've spoken a lot about the players. On, in possession, calling for the ball. We talked at Bournemouth about how good they were off the ball. How important was that again today? Well, we weren't off the ball all that much, to be fair. But when we were off the ball, the organisation, the, the way they regroup 
uh, at pace is really impressive. I, I, I do. I, I mean, I agree with you about Carrillo. He was quite quiet. The ball didn't really go to him that much. I think the team looks to Richarlison as our as our out ball. That's our that's our attacking flank, if you like, because he's so good already. But when he did get the ball, and I thought in the last ten minutes he came into the game a lot. But also, what impressed me about Carrillo was the way that he covered for Kiko, got in behind him when Kiko got drawn up the pitch. They were working together as a two, and I think that epitomises the whole side at the moment. They seem to hunt in packs. The three in the middle, obviously, but then Holabas and Richarlison, and then Gray dropping in when he needed to do a bit of work off the ball. It was just a very, very impressive performance. I would like to give a shout-out to a player that I think, because of what happened at Bournemouth last year when he, he got the phantom cramps or he had a fainting fit or whatever it was, I thought today Cabaselli was excellent. And I really like the way he plays with Kabul because Kabul is not the quickest, uh, he's not the best uh, on the floor, but he's very commanding in the air. And with Cabaselli alongside him, Cabaselli is quick and he is good on the floor. And the two of them together, I thought, looked really really commanding it's exciting that was it was an exciting performance and we, we posed an attacking threat the likes of which we haven't seen certainly for like we didn't see it at all last season we saw more sort of excitement and more thrills and spills from a Watford side going forward last this afternoon here at St Mary's than we did in the entirety of last year <laughs> they the, this is they, they were absolutely bubbling they were they were they were everywhere and um yeah, as you can tell, I'm, uh, I'm bubbling in absolutely everywhere as well. I, I saw that Deeney had said somewhere uh, on social media, I don't know whether it was an interview or something, but he said that Silver had come into the club and his attitude was you either shape up or you ship out. And I think we're seeing the evidence of that on the pitch. Very rare that we go to a game and we see the opposition fans booing the team off first half and second half. We've spoken for probably five to ten minutes. We haven't even spoken about the goals yet. Mm. Two absolute stunners from Abdullah Decore and Daryl Yanmat. Talk about the first one, Mike, because we were on top. It looked like it might go into half-time level, and then he pulled that one out of the bag. Yeah, what what great timing, but well deserved from Watford as well. It was I don't you know Fraser Foster didn't have many saves to make, I don't think, but but as I think you can probably when you see how much today and those you hear, you Watford were so on top for the majority, and they didn't carve out. They weren't stinging his, his fingers at every opportunity, but we were in and around. So we were making space. We were we were looking dangerous. We were fizzing around. We were working the angles. We were finding space to play in. Um, and yeah, ultimately when it came, I'm not quite sure how far it was out. It looked like it was a, a reasonable hit from a reasonable distance. We were quite low down, so we, we didn't see it. But uh, he got a second chance to, to hit it, didn't he? And he, he made absolutely no mistake, low into the bottom right-hand corner. Cue pandemonium. <laughs> Daryl Yanmatz actually came off of what could have been a very difficult period for Watford, wasn't it? Because we lost two defenders to injury. He came on for, for Kiko for Menya. It might be that you'd think we'd set back, we'd maybe settle for the 1-0, and then he pulls another one out, a bit like Decore, 20 yards out. Talk about that one. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard. When he got the ball... And I could see he was shaping to shoot. I thought he's never, he's never going to score from there. He's on the court. He's outside of the corner of the penalty box. Well, that's what I, my, my, my memory of it. And he hit it so cleanly, and it went into the side of the net rather than the back of the net, which is always just looks so beautiful because the net bulges at the side, and the keeper's just he's, he's, he was nowhere. It wasn't Forsen's fault. There's nothing he could have done about it. But what, what's good? What was the point I wanted to make really was that we lost two defenders at once. We lost Kabul and brought on Mariapa. We lost Kiko and brought on Yanmat. And actually, it didn't. I mean, I was worried. I thought this is not a great moment to lose two defenders. Okay, we're we're one nil up and we're dominating, but you know this is this is a moment where Southampton could step up and say, right, they've got two new defenders on the pitch. They won't be as organised. Let's get at them. But I mean, it didn't seem to make any difference. It was almost entirely seamless transition uh, with the two new players. And of course, the bonus was that 
Yamat is, is a good defensive right back, but he does still like to get forward. And when he got into that position, he's not scared to have a shot. And, I would yeah. say if I was a Southampton fan, I'd be very, very disappointed they didn't close Yamat down a bit better because you could almost see him taking aim, yeah. getting comfortable, making sure he was in, you know, hopping from one foot to the other, just move it to the left a little bit, making sure it was on the right tuft of grass before he before he um, creamed it with his right foot. And, you know, he caught it like an absolute dream and, and into the bottom uh, bottom uh, right-hand corner it went. And But, yeah, I would say exactly the same as Cole to, to, to Colin, to come to, to lose 50% of your back line when they were performing so well and then you see Shane Long then you see Charlie Adam names we've seen names we know sort of Shane Long can get in behind very easily Charlie, Charlie Adam buzzing around and you know, we know he can take an opportunity so to come through it credit to Maps came in again at, at centre back he had big boots to fill today because I thought Kabul played really well and to lose 50% of your defensive of your back four is is a big thing away from home when you're going to be expecting two strikers come on and you're expecting the kitchen sink you have to be honest, I think Southampton have got problems. I mean, we, we spoke to a couple of people on the walk here. They're fed up with, uh, with sort of the one-up top isn't, isn't working for them at all. And that, would, that was borne out by, by the frustration in the home fans. And they just didn't, they didn't challenge at all, did they? They didn't have any time on the ball and they were at home. I mean, they couldn't control the game. You could see them getting more and more frustrated as the first half passed through because uh, it, we were just on them the whole time. And when we were on the ball, they had to really work hard to get it back off us because of the Chalabar, Decore, Cleverly triangle. So good at keeping the ball in tight areas when they're being pressed. They, and when they so when Southampton did get the ball, they felt they needed to use it quickly, and, and they were just making lots and lots of mistakes, giving the ball away, kicking it out for throw-ins. They did look they looked poor, but I think we really made them look poor, a bit totally, like Bournemouth, I think. Totally agree. Just the speed that we played, the intelligence that we played, and the intent. We just looked like a real attacking force from a Premier League point of view. We've looked organised before as a Premier League side, which has been which has been great. Kike got us got us organised, and, and Matt Sari did as well to start with a little bit. But today, we were fearsome. Uh, and it was just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant to watch. So, so pleased. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. We've talked about the organisation of the defence. We've talked about the calmness of the midfield. We have an £18.5 million centre forward. It's another game without a goal. Worked very hard again, ran the channels, worked very hard and pressured their back line. How much does he need a goal now, though? I, th- I think we're four games into the Premier League season. I don't think we're we're a big chunk into it at all. I think... We mentioned at the top of the show how excited I was about Chalabar and the balls he plays. I think Andre Gray will be happy that he's that's happening behind him. If he keeps making the runs, if he keeps working hard, which he did, we the absolute credit to him today, the goals are going to come and the, the ball will drop to him because if Watford play with that intensity and that ferocity, he will get op- opportunities and he'll take them. He didn't have a sniff really today. There was a couple of times where I think he got a little bit overexcited and the, the ball got stuck under his feet. Understandable, he wants it to come. Um, I, I haven't got a problem. I'm not worried. I, I've said before I want him to score sooner rather than later, and I'm sure, well, everyone does. But I think once he's up and running, I think he'll be he'll be a dangerous animal. Um, I think one. Sorry, go on, Yeah, no, I agree with that. I just think that, uh, that he has got some stuff to work on. He's still quite a young player. He's playing in a very dynamic side now. I think his runs. If I was to pick out anything about him, I think his runs were a little bit predictable at the moment. So he made the same run three times, and the centre back had him. When, when Chalabar tried to get the ball to Mordecai, whoever it was was passing it, the, the defender could just snuff it out because he knew he'd seen that run already. And I think with Silva working with him, he'll start to vary his runs and vary, come short, go, go on the shoulder, and I think he will score goals. I mean, he's so quick and he's hungry. You can see how hungry he is and how frustrated he is that he hasn't got one yet. And I, and I agree, I think once he gets one, then he'll get that confidence up. And the team will have confidence in him, and that's important with a, with a number nine. The team have got to believe in him so that they'll pass the ball to him. 
and uh, yeah, I think he'll be fine. Just he just needs to get a goal. Troy, Troy won't have been happy to play this role, but how great was it to have him come on for the last five minutes and just bully his way around that that final third of the pitch? And you know the Southampton backline, like, oh for heaven's sake! <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just to, you know, just to close it out, I'm not have to worry about you. We know if the ball comes because before you know when you're hoofing the ball out and you, it's all 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 hands on on pump, the ball comes a pumped up field and it comes straight back with Troy there. He's got a point to prove. You know it's going to stick. So just terrific to see him come on as well. Just a consummate, all-round great performance. We want to talk about some comments that Marco Silva made in the week, but what I wanted to ask was two wins away from home, two draws at home so far. What can we take from the away performances and maybe apply them to the home games that might get us that first win? I think uh, we talked talk, the only other home game that we played Liverpool at home, which we did very well to, to get a point out. I think Liverpool played, uh, played, played very well. Um, we were didn't have some of the players that we've got we got now um there were injuries so i think we did well to get a, a point out of that then bournemouth away then the home game it was, it's an anomaly because we lose bitos after 25 minutes half an hour so um i'm not going to worry too much about the home form as yet i think if you look at marco silva's career under hull he was very very strong at home um and we've spoken this afternoon about the organization about the the attacking intent you know let's we have to we have to say, make the caveat that southampton are obviously struggling um, but you know they're a decent side. They spent a lot of money. We're going to see. We, you know, we've got Manchester City coming up. We've got West Brom away. They're not going to let us play like that. Um, we're going to have to earn the right at, at places like that. So to answer your question, I'm not worried about the home form. I think I think we will will come good. Um, there is that little added bit of pressure because people will be hearing and watching these excellent away performances. Don't know how many are here. Three thousand here to see it. There's another sort of seventeen thousand that'll want to see it on Vicarage Road. So there is that little bit of pressure. The more the more these good performances come, but again, I'm not worried. I just think we just need to keep on doing what we're doing, and uh, we'll get there. Can I ask you a question, Kieran? These two clubs, Watford and Southampton, similar in that they've both got new managers uh, and lots of new players. But do you think that Silva's experience in the Premier League has allowed him to hit the ground running quicker than than say Pellegrino? Because Southampton weren't great today, were they? I think absolutely. I think we can take that from our experiences of our previous managers. It took Mazzari a little while to get used to, to English football and and Kike very much set out a, a team that he wanted to have strong foundations, wanted to have a stra- strong back line and, and allowed us to be a, maybe a little bit more expressive as the season went on. But you're right, I think Pellegrino has got a lot to learn. He's got a team that has got a number of new players, much like ourselves, but Marco Silva's experience last year, I think, made him very, very desirable. I mean, Crystal Palace were disappointed, weren't they, to, to lose him, lose on him. And now they've got a manager in Frank de Boer that is under pressure after three games. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I think management experience in this league is really, really key. And I think we've benefited from Marco Silva's stint at Hull last season. Um, and I think that's showing in the, in the results and the performances as well. But we're talking about Marco Silva. It, it kind of almost seems a little bit irrelevant based on the result that we've had today. But one of the things we did want to talk about was some comments that Marco Silva made in the media before this game about the transfer deadline. Obviously, Nordin Amrabat left on the final day. In fact, it was after, wasn't it? After the English window had closed, Nordin Amrabat went out on loan. He's joined, uh, joined the team in Spain for the season. Marco Silva wasn't very happy about that, was he? It was obviously after our window had closed. He couldn't go out there and replace him. I guess for the majority of us, we thought that Carrillo was probably going to be his replacement, but clearly that wasn't the case because he wasn't happy, was he? No, and I quote, I expected something different. It's true. Even though we lost one player after August 31st, it was not in my plans to lose the player, but I can't control that. 
Um, if I didn't expect to lose Norden Nanrabat, it's impossible. It's a quite a strong word. I'll lose another, talking about Isaac's success. And then he ran through some of the players and sort of put caveats against him. Richarlison, his, his young success didn't play last season. Pereira's injured. Carrillo has, hasn't played too much. So, And he said, it's dangerous. And I think perhaps a little bit lost in translation. I think he's obviously frustrated about Amrabat going, which is, which is interesting. Like you say, KT is a bit perhaps churlish to, to, to question it after, after what we've just seen and how we've just waxed lyrical about how everything's great at Watford. But there is, put that little doubt into my mind. What's, what's the reasoning behind that quite strong language? You know, disappointed, dangerous. It's quite evocative language, mm. isn't it? So whether he's drawing a line in the sand to, to Scott and Gino saying, you know, let's, we need to work together or this isn't going to work or whether we need to read that much into it. The thing I, I can't understand about those comments is if you look at the 17 foreign players that are in the squad, okay, Zarate has come in for Amrabat. It's not like there's two or three of that 17 that you would discard and think we can do, there's an upgrade there. There's, there's someone else that we can, you know, we can bring in. It's going to be better than the, the 17 we've got. That 17, uh, those 17 players who, who are not homegrown are really very very strong so I don't really understand the comment I think you're right I think it's more a domestic uh, message he's sending upstairs that you know you can't just send my players out on loan uh, without me uh, without consulting me or, or letting me or giving me time to get someone in I mean would Amrabat have come on today for Carrillo you know I don't know would it be good if he was on the bench would he have made the bench today I, I, my feeling is probably not so I think He's talking specifically about Amrabat, but I think he's making a more general point to the club, which is, I want to be in charge, I want to make these decisions, please don't start sending my players off without, you know, without my backing. I guess, I guess that's the most concerning thing, isn't it, potentially, is that we've got a head coach that we've just been waxing lyrical about who's just got another good away win. We want to make sure that the head coach and the hierarchy are singing off the same page, don't we? And when you see comments like he made in the, in the week, can get alarm bells ringing maybe a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. But I think ultimately what happens on the pitch is the most important thing at any football club we're all sat here there's five of us uh, all smiling like absolute Cheshire cats despite being in a now quite drizzly Southampton car park um, you know absolutely absolutely delighted so I think it's worth just raising them we're just keeping an eye on that we'll keep a watching brief on his relationship with um, with Scott and Gino and the fair, sort of he's not the he only said. one that's done it Conte's no. done it uh, a couple of other managers have come out and said very similar things during this window yep. uh, it may be to do with the way that the, the window's set up and I know there's been a vote this, this week and a lot of talk about it but it is unsettling to start the season with the window still open I think for managers yeah. they don't know they, they think they could lose two or three players are coming on Monday and they're not there well, and well, I all, that, I can say, all I can say Colin is well done to the Premier League you obviously listened to our last podcast where I've <laughs> <laughs> decry I was bemoaning the ridiculous nature of the Premier League they've listened to From the Rookery End and they've acted congratulations Premier League and well done for listening to uh, From the Rookery End it gives me great pleasure to welcome once again to Michael Parkinson Arlo Arlo we're just back from St Mary's back from Southampton what did you reckon? bad why was it bad? it took us a few hours to get there it did it took us a little while to get there there's some traffic on the M3 but when we got there, it was a good game, wasn't it? Now, my question for you is, both goals today, Decore and Yanmat, brilliant goals from a, from a long way out, but would you rather there be two really good goals like we saw today or lots more not quite as good goals? Lots more not as goals. What did you say the score was going to be today? 4-0. Do you think Watford should have won 4-0 today? Yes. What was your favourite bit about today? Um... Burger and McDonald's. Yes, he's had an excellent diet today and we've all featured on three points. Arlo, thanks very much for joining us. Bye-bye.
Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, Orns! You mentioned it's drizzling, so I think we should try and wrap it up very shortly. But next game, big one, Manchester City at home. They've gone and stuffed Liverpool 5-0 at home today. Granted, Liverpool played with 10 men for, I think, over an hour. Big game that one, isn't it? How do we have to approach that one? We said it a little bit last year and the year before. That's free hit. What we don't want to do is get stuffed. Um, we can we can really see what we're made of. I think the players will be excited about it. They'll be pitting their wits against some of the best tier players in the Premier League, one of the so-called best managers in the world. It's just exciting. This is why we wanted to be in the Premier League. Let's just go for it and see what happens. Mm. I think that um, the difference this coming game against City is that we've got some weapons that they are going to have to think about. When we played them the first game in the Premier League under Kike, we played a kind of 4-6 formation and just tried to hold on for a nil or draw. And in, in, we nearly beat them on, was it New Year's Day when we were one up? With, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, but, but now we've got more weapons and their defence is not the greatest and I think if we, we shouldn't be too defensive, I think we should get at them and, and see if we can, we can get, a, get a result. A draw would be amazing, wouldn't it? Well, I'd feel a fraud if I was the one closing this podcast, Mike, so I'm going to hand it back to you, my friend. Well anchored, Kieran. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah. Lots of Watford, lots of happy Watford fans down here on the South Coast. We must point out, we said at the top of the show, Colin, you shared a stage with, with John Barnes last night at uh, Tales of the Vicarage. How was that? It was, it was amazing. It was great to see him as well. And I thought he was on, on your own for a whole evening with Adam like that is quite exposing. And I thought he was, he was terrific. He was funny. He was entertaining. He was, uh, he was quite open. He talked about himself quite honestly. And I, I, thought, he was, I thought it was a great evening. And, and Colin was terrific as well. He was there doing a bit of, of Hornet Heaven stuff. So if you haven't treated your ears to the oral sensation that is Hornet Heaven, please make sure you do that. We were lucky enough to, to speak to John Barnes at the event last night and we'll have a, a special podcast uh, coming out featuring that, uh, that interview plus speaking to a couple of supporters who were there on the, on the evening. So uh, coming out later in the week after this will be uh, our Tales from the Vicarage John Barnes special. So do get your lug holes uh, around that. It's starting to get wet, but it's not going to dampen our spirits, is it? Colin, thanks very much. Thank you very much. KT, thanks so much. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Come on, you golden boys. Yeah.